This is the VIP Podcast, Virginia in Politics. Let's listen to host Chris Saxman explore the personalities and policies that connect the Commonwealth. The VIP Podcast is brought to you by the VCTA, Broadband Association of Virginia, and Virginia Free. The views and opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the VCTA and Virginia Free or our sponsors. Good morning again. This is Chris Saxman on the VIP Podcast, brought to you by VCTA, the Broadband Association of Virginia and Virginia Free, of which I'm the executive director. Joining us now, State Senator Monty Mason, hailing from Williamsburg. Correct, sir? Yes, sir. All right. Did you grow up in Williamsburg? I grew up in Farmville. I went to William & Mary. Okay. Floated around in business a little bit, but came back home. Grew up in Farmville. Family yeah. still there? Yes, sir. Parents still live on First Avenue. Come on. Watch the Senate every day, which just shows that they need a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> At least a good one. <laughs> but uh, uh, went to William & Mary undergrad. Did you go to graduate school? I did not. My okay. wife got her law degree MBA there and is now their chief compliance officer. Really? She's a smart one in the family. I'm okay. undergraduate with William & Mary. That's why you're in the legislature. <laughs> That's right. The VIP podcast, Virginia in Politics. There you go. So you're not only a VIP, you're on the VIP show. So congratulations to you for that, for that title. Uh, favorite book. Let's get to who is Monty Mason. Uh, what's your favorite book? My favorite book, I, you know, I read so many journals and so many things. I like historical books. Um, The most recent one that I enjoyed was Doris Kearns Goodwin, who was writing about leadership and taking different snapshots of leaders among time and and saying, you know, and pulling out the parts of leadership that she admired about each leader. What's your favorite leader in the book? Uh, what stands out to you from that book? Is it from a leader? What stands out to me is adapting to where you are. Okay. And being able to understand the circumstance, the people you're working with, and the times of the day. Yeah. Because you might have a great skill set, but if it doesn't apply to what you're looking at today, it's, it's, it's not very useful. Right. Today, the Senate is going to honor Paul Tribble. And Paul Tribble has an incredible background, an incredible history of leadership in this commonwealth. But what he did is go into an institution and become a transformational leader. There were probably other times that he was a different type of leader. Sure. But when he went down to Christopher Newport, he realized what he needed to do, and the results of it are just incredible. It was an extraordinary accomplishment at Christopher Newport University. When he, I heard him speak one time, and he had gone to Hamden City undergrad in Washington Lee for law school. And I said, well, he's just creating a, a public version of those two private schools. <laughs> well, that, that's, a great, that's a great way to look at it. That was because yeah. I went to Washington Lee. And I was like, well, that just sounds like he understood the value of the small liberal arts college and just applied it that's in the right. public setting, which I thought was, was fantastic. And it's turned leadership, back to the book, into a basic tenet of every student that goes through there has a leadership class. Really? And, and they deal with you know the different types of leadership, okay. the different focuses, and just the importance of being a leader in your community, whatever that means and wherever that may be. Is Christopher Newport in your district? It is, right in the heart of my district. Well, that's gotta be a, a, a source of pride for you. As it's a great, I, you know, having gone to William & Mary undergrad and live in Williamsburg and then have Christopher Newport right in the heart of my district. I've And Hampton University right on the edge. Sure, sure. So I've got some- Is William & Mary in your district too? It is, wow. I live right across the lake. Higher education's got to be a big part of your... uh, Our 329th uh, birthday at Charter Day on Friday. What was the Hark the Gale, whatever it's called? Hark hark Upon the Gale. Hark Upon the Gale. (laughs) Who doesn't remember that one? I'll have to check. I have have two copies of that leadership book by Doris Kearns Goodwin. I just haven't cracked either of them, obviously. Just, just, okay, I'll read what's what's on the stack. I I tend to like to read books like that that have small segments because, you know, I'm famous for getting 280 pages through a 400-page book. 
But these, you know, so I've got bookmarks and eight right. books, right. but these you can read 125 pages and kind of start over. So I got enjoy it, those. Well, you, sound like, you sound like the, you have the same reading habit that I do. What's your favorite TV show? What do you, what do you like? And uh, I hardly ever watch television. Nothing. I mean, I have sports. I watch sports okay. as much as I can. We're huge sports fans in, in my household. What are your what are your what um, teams do you follow? Well, I've always been a Washington fan, whatever they're okay. calling themselves this week. Commanders. Um, the Commanders. That's the exactly CFS right. Sticks. My wife unfortunately worked for the Dallas Cowboys after college, so that's a source of major. Was that uh, an indentured servant? Well, kind of she, thing? Was she, she went to SMU and... undergrad and oh, went over there and did an internship, and yeah. she's an enormous sports fan. So a Cowboys fan still? No, no, can't. not really. She's from Ohio, so she's uh, been a long-suffering Cleveland fan and trying to okay. come out of that. All those Cincinnati's making the turn in front of them right now. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, we're big sports fans, but have never... What else, what other than football do you, do you follow? Um, I, I grew up loving baseball mostly, but I have, just don't have time for that. So right, it's right. mostly college football, college basketball for the most and part. And college level, who do you... Well, I'm a William Mary guy. Yeah, right, I'm a William yeah. Mary guy, and I just enjoy good... Okay. Good... Uh, you know, it's funny. I think I've progressed to more football interest in as I've gotten older. Okay. But this is the time of year if we have time to uh, start getting interested in basketball. So. Yeah, that was always a great uh, uh, um, distraction. The, the transition, right? What, what, right. It was what because by the time you get to conference week, you're pretty close to the the tournaments, and we would watch the the the, the tournaments sometimes on the. On the, on the board, on the voting board. You That's right. It over and just well, when I was growing sport. up, we always had the CAA or whatever it was at that point, mm. conference here in Richmond. Yeah, and yeah, I always thought, like, boy, if I could get elected, I could work and walk down the street and watch yeah, the games as well. Then they moved it to somewhere else. So. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> uh, favorite movies? What do you like there? Now, there is another thing. Man, I'm just, I'm a, I'm a boring guy for some of your basic questions. I do not sit in movie theaters. At all. My wife and I have been to one movie in our 23-year relationship. <laughs> Come on. And it was Cinderella with my girls. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You still, we, do you watch we, movies? We at watch home? them at home. Yeah. What okay, do what, what do you like to watch at we, home? Well, you know, I love A Few Good Men. I love American President. These okay. are some of the ones I've watched 3,408 times. Right, right, You know, right. I tend to watch. You know, is, right. is that one of the movies that when it's on, you just stop and oh, watch? Oh, yeah. I mean, I could quote every line. And, you know, the outlaw Josie Wales is the one that she leaves the room for, but I watch that every time as well. So it just stops. I'm like the old classic, you know, okay. the old, the, find the favorites and watch them 150 times. So that's, you know, that's a very, <laughs> it's a very good way to live your life because I do it the same way. Simple. <laughs> it's, it's a hell of a lot simple. simple. Um, so you're on Agriculture Natural Resources. That's one committee. Commerce and Labor, uh, General Laws and Tech. Privileges and elections, rehab, social services. That's yes, a heck of a workload. It's a lot. It's a lot. When when we took control a couple of years ago, I think I went, and this is roughly, somewhere around 650, 700 votes to 900 votes in, in the session. And so you just, it's a lot. But it's good. It, you see a lot of the things come through committee. Mm -hmm. um, so you, you do the workload there. Right. And, uh, right. you know, now's the time where things come to the floor that I haven't seen on committee. So you have to spend... I try to meet with as many people as I can, 15 minute increments here, sure. but I have to set a little side a little time in the morning to make sure I'm boned up on what's coming to the floor today that I haven't seen in committee. But it's led me to do a lot of things. They say come to Richmond and do something you're an expert in. And immediately Bryce Rees, my friend who was at the time the chairman of the Rehab and Social Services said, hey, whole rewrite of the family, child welfare code, we need somebody to get on, get on it. And so I was kind of assigned that. And so from that, I do a lot of foster care work, a lot oh. of child welfare work. Um, I have gravitated to mental health incredibly since. Has I, this become an area of expertise for you or were you an expert coming in? No, I, I, that's, what, yeah, that's what I was saying is I didn't know a, 
thing about Nothing. coming in. Nothing. And, Zero. you know, and so that's, that was tough for the professionals that had to bring me along. Right. But I think it was also useful because I have no preconceived notion. Right, right. You I were. come from no part of the system. I have no involvement in You're it, objective. thank God. Um, so I, I just looked at things fresh. And, okay. and so I'm now on the executive council for CSA. Um, so do a lot of this type of work. And I, I tell you the thing I never talked about once when I first got, re- first got elected was mental health. Right. And now I just feel like I should spend 50 hours a week working on our CSB, our community services boards, right. our state-run mental facilities. I've got a lot of bills right now trying to work through people that are that end up in our court system in a criminal capacity. But they just need mental health help. Right. And we're not providing it at the level. So we're looking at a, a civil structure to take it out of the criminal structure. I've got a bill right now that gives us a little ability with the agreement of the Commonwealth and defense and the judge and the CSB can can do mandatory outpatient treatment, null process the charges, you know, so they can bring them or dismiss null process. them. Meaning, put them aside, and if you follow and we get you the help you need, we'll dismiss them. Okay, just for I, our audience. But if you don't, yeah, that's right. I and I'm not a lawyer. I shouldn't. Uh, but that's I have just not been that's burdened it. with that pain either. <laughs> so, um, but it's just a design towards you're not a criminal. Right. You're here for petty larceny. You're here for trespassing. You're here for solve fa- the problem. So, and and let's let's get them the help they need. So. So uh, several of my, my guests this morning have been working in the same realm, mental health, education, literacy, mm-hmm. or uh, involved in the, in the drugs, uh, addiction, recovery, sure. and the like. Has there been a turn in a lot of our public policy to deal with these underlying social issues? Even though things are very partisan and corrosively so in our society, it seems though, when you pull back the veneer of all of that crap, mm-hmm. people are working on real important issues that affect all those things, which eventually become partisan. Right. And they manifest themselves, not that, you know, it, it, just, it just does. I work my way backwards. I think people, because of, the, because of the tenor in Washington, I think people immediately consider everything to be hyper-partisan. Right. Then you come down here and the things that you read about at home, 80% of them are our partisan issues. So, so back home, people think, oh, y'all are in each other's throats. You right. don't like each right. other. And then it couldn't be farther from the truth. About so 10, nothing's changed in the 20 years since I first came exactly. down. People, all you guys talk about is abortion. Like, we never talk about abortion. We, we had... The press prints it, but we don't talk about it. Right. It's, 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 it's work one on of the 120 votes we took yesterday. Right. You know, so yesterday you heard of, you know, it was the enormous mask and back to school discussion. I think it was much more important to focus on ad, in-person learning. Um, I think the mask became kind of the culture war side of the issue, unfortunately. And I believe that our local school board should be able to look at the data on the ground and make flexible decisions. I think we're heading towards a spot where we're going to be in a good place. What next September looks like, I don't know. And unfortunately, what we did yesterday tied the hands of the school boards. But Siobhan Donovan was that bill. uh, What people never see, and I voted the other way, is that- You voted against Siobhan's bill? Yes, sir. You voted the day before, it was a 29 to nine vote. I voted, I voted no. You voted no. I I consistently have voted with the school boards, including last year, 1303. Okay. Um, but where I was going is she and I sat next to each other for the next four hours in general laws <laughs> and had a great time. Which and, people don't get. And the, the, the staff in front of us loves it because we're bantering back and forth. Right, right, and, right. Been, and, and so that's the part that people don't see. People see the debate, right. but don't see the warm and really good well, I mean, relationship. The debate around that, though, and a lot of debate this year, when, you know, as, as a 
somewhat objective observer of the process and the legislature having been in there is that it doesn't seem to have the intense partisan vitriol of previous sessions. It, it seems to be more mechanical. Is that fair? I, I think so. You know, there's some of that everywhere. It's a little bit, uh, but a not little like, but no. When but, it's 52-48 in the House and 21-19 in the Senate, you'd think they'd be going at it, right? Especially when one party just lost power or gained party in the House, however you view it, you'd think there'd be a little bit more the fisticuffs going up and bombs being thrown and there's four speeches. There was, there's always some of that. Sure. But for the most part, it really hasn't happened this year. It, because you're so close and you need to form coalitions and work together even more. Okay. My good friend, Ben Chafin, who unfortunately we lost last year, and I used to have a conversation that regardless of which way it went, he and I were pretty good people set for 2119. Right. Because we worked with everyone. We work with people. We don't throw a lot of bombs. Right. And you've got to work with people on both sides of the aisle. So the closer it gets in order to form and shape policy, you've got to work together more. You're right. you're right. It seems utterly divided, but it's really closer to getting what you're trying to accomplish done. Is that is that a good thing? It's a good, very good thing. Should uh, in that respect, the Senate, I don't believe, has proportional seating on its Senate committees. Uh most of them, they do. But shouldn't they Find, for all? Um, you know, to, that to pre- get that comedy, to get that That consensus, predates me. Um, still, that's a Senate I, rule. I do think that, um, the, so the big ones that don't are finance and commerce and labor well, and education ones. and health. So the, the, the Well, those of, are three really big The big dogs, right. And then everything else, eight, seven. So <laughs> it's very close. Yeah, that's right. But shouldn't they all be eight, seven? Um, maybe. Okay. May, maybe. It, it, I mean, in a perfect world, yes. And I think what you get is, well, yeah, I hate the, I mean, I know both sides have done it. I'm not exactly. Casting, I'm and not casting aspersions on either party. That's where I was go, going. I hate that they did it to us. We did, no, so it's going to happen not, again. That's they not say, my style. but It's not your style. No, but it, it um, because again, um, I, I think you get good, those end up making a lot of 12-3 votes. Right. If it were closer, I'm not sure it would work like that. Right. Although we have our fair share of 8-7 votes. Yeah, but, you know. but but in the Senate though it's you know it's far more collegial. Yes. Um, well, forty people you don't have you you you're you going to. to work with and bump up against everybody, and that's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. Yeah. And and, and frankly, is in the Senate. Right? It is. What uh, what bills is Monty Mason working on this year? But I, that you want to go you want to go home and go I did this. Well, I almost never do that. <laughs> you know because really? well because I don't feel like we come up here and save the world one piece of legislation at the time. I think what I go home this time and talk about is budget, budget, budget. What did we do for the state? How did we spend the money that we have? Um, What decisions did we make as far as breaks back to the people? And what did we do for the Virginia Peninsula and Southeastern Virginia that are good things with the money that we have afforded to us? Um, There are some things that stand out to what I'm doing. I have a health plan bill that I'm carrying on behalf of state. Let's talk about that one. That's a good one. Because as you pointed out in the pre-show here, you're one of the few members of the legislature in Virginia history that has had a bill vetoed by a governor of his own party. Uh, maybe an inauspicious designation. No, I but. think it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but, I and, wish I'd had that, but my governors were always of the, of the opposite party anyway. Yeah. They, so, yes, I did have, a, have that passed through the legislature, and, and I, it got tripped up in whether it did damage to the Affordable Care Act. Let's explain the bill for okay. our audience. So the bill is the Chamber of Commerce would be able to set up a broad umbrella. But it's not just the Chamber of Commerce. No, sorry. It could so be association health plan. It is associate. Well, it, it's, it's, it's actually a, what you do is you set up a trust. 
So it's a trust and you set up a board of trustees. And so it can be participating organizations. And so they're very defined in the bill. This just happens to be the chamber. And what the concept is, let's say they have 25,000 members. They can have 25,000 members and you draw upon. So the first adjustment to insurance is off the bigger number. Then you and I run a company with five to 10 people. We have a smaller component that governs and covers our employees. And so every year you look at the actuarial tables and the result of the 25,000, right. then you move down to our five or 10. So, your subgroup, so it could make your costs go down, or if you had a tough year, up a bit, but it insulates you from those dramatic and wild shifts right. that small businesses can't afford, and that's right. why they don't set up health plans. And the Senate bill, what's the number? Oh man, that's a great, I have numbers mean number nothing to me. Numbers mean nothing to me. <laughs> I love it. People come to my house sometime here on 198. I say, I hate, hey, what's what, that? What's that? No idea. It's and then bill. you see their face. They're like, you don't even know. What's your bill, sir? I'm sure it is. Which okay, one? We'll, we'll get it we'll get out for the audience. <laughs> Sorry. I used, no, I used to love that. Cheat sheets. The only, I love when people would call the office. I'm opposed to House Bill 30. I'm like, great. What's that? that? That's the budget. You don't <laughs> right. Touch the budget bill. We don't do that. Oh, you can't be opposed to that. Yeah. The, the neat thing about this, though, is the tr- because you it is a trust and governed by a board of trustees. Okay. Everyone gets the access to the same coverage. Okay. Right. Everyone, and it is di- designed for companies with or, or groups with two to fifty employees. So. Okay. So, what's any opposition to the bill? Um, not not in the Senate to this point. We had, we've had a couple people vote, but it it's, it it unanimously passed out of the Senate. Oh, it did. Uh, two years ago, it passed out of the Senate like thirty-seven to three. Okay. Um, and then. But maybe, any 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 groups opposed to it? No. Any, well, uh, there have been groups? in the past this year. Not nothing. Not much testimony against. Not much. Any? No. no not who, on my typically, side. Typically, yeah. uh, um, the AARP was concerned you treated seniors differently. Um, in the but past, they're all covered by Medicare anyway. Well, but if you don't remember, that I said the board of trustees. You decide what. But a Medicare is. But you, they're in, in other insurance but plans. But they already have Medicare. They're, they're covered. That's right. But in other insurance plans, there's like a five X or six X component that you can or can't do. Okay. This you treat everyone the same. Right, right, right. Board of trustees decides what's right. going to be covered, and if you're our age or seventy, you you get the coverage. So. Better prospects in the house. Good. Um, I think a similar bill passed the house about sixty forty. So, so people opposed to association health plans. Um, I think they may be getting caught up still in the you know <laughs> seriously the act. I mean, the, the whole. I mean, how do you vote against something that that? Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna. I'll have some of them in later, perhaps. But you know, the whole <laughs> the whole thing with healthcare for the longest time was affordable, accessible, you know, quality healthcare. Expanding access to affordable healthcare. That's what it's about for me. Yeah, so, I don't know how you voted on that really, one, but it, you know, to me, that doesn't have a letter next to it. That just has a human element. Nor should it. Nor should I, it. I have one that you would think may, but it's an electronic vehicles bill. Last year, we committed to the future of electronic vehicles. This year, I have a bill that says if your generals, if your motor pools and your state uh, general services are going to replace their fleet, yeah. that they look, they use a, what is a free calculator and determine for comparable vehicles what you're going to replace. So you can't say, I need a minivan and compare it to a Prius. No, you need a sedan. So you compare it and you take into consideration all costs of the electronic vehicle. So the charging stations, yeah. the cost of the, the whole thing, and you analyze it over the five, six, seven, whatever the life of the car will be, and you buy the cheapest and most inexpensive one. And so we think it's a way to, for the state to put the money where their mouth is and start moving down the electrical vehicles path. Okay, so it incentivizes the state to buy? It doesn't, no, there's no incentive. It is by the lowest cost option. 
So it is really a good government and cost-efficient bill if the electronic car yeah. over that five or seven-year period is the okay, lead, so it, the, is the most cost-efficient. Cost, if it's not, by the standard. That's how they're supposed to make the, their... That's, so that's, this is with in-state government then? That is in-state okay, government. Okay, okay. Now, just if, to follow. if you are... Frank Ruff brought up a point. Suppose you're driving from Mecklenburg to Abington every week you and you're worried about the charges along the way. You ask for a, a, a variance. Right. You ask for okay. an exclusion and you, you would get it. Emergency vehicles aren't included to this point. Okay. So it's just a way towards continuing down electrical vehicle path and really towards, you know, trying to lower the cost of government. What are we going to do uh, as we add more electric vehicles to the fleet, mm -hmm. the, the total Virginia fleet not, fleet, not the Commonwealth's fleet, not the right. state's fleet? Right. What are we going to do to create a funding source for transportation needs with, with, when you get rid of the gas? Oh, oh, great question. Well, short term, there's about $114 million in the infrastructure plan for charging stations and for making that able. Um, but you're exactly right. Are we, we going to a mileage tax? I don't know, but we're going to have to look that the gas tax is already heading going to be a point of diminishing returns. Right. And you've seen some bills um, regarding trying to put put a put a freeze on that. I, I'm hopeful that we will not do that. You don't support the temporary. No, freeze the cost the of the pump doesn't change a bit. Right. You know, I mean, when it, when we put the tax on last time, the cost was exactly right. the same as it was across the border, and they have a dramatically higher tax. And I also hail from southeastern Virginia, where I'm on the Hampton Roads Transportation Accountability Commission, and we're doing some revolutionary transportation projects, including the $3.8 billion bridge tunnel right. project that $3.4 billion of that we put up ourselves. And you need, by taxing you need, you need the funding to pay off those bonds. Yeah, well, we finance against it. And we're completing the outer network, doing the high-rise bridge. It's a great example of regional cooperation. Right. The high-rise bridge was first on the, was on the project, and we had three phases of Interstate 64 widening up to Upper 199 in James City County. The high-rise bridge wasn't ready to go, so we where where is the high-rise bridge? Chesapeake. Chesapeake down the lower like where it, it's it's a great place where 64 East heads mm -hmm. due west. Oh, and vice versa, one. down there. There. It turns, it's, like, wanted, it's like five it, it miles. It always screws me up. I'm like, what? It's, it's like, like going through Lynchburg. Why is why, And why am I going south on this road and it says north? You got it. And don't look at the compass on your car. No, no. But so we put the it three goes in a phases. To, yes, sir. It goes in a circle. We so put the three phases on the peninsula area. together and made it a project. Right. Delayed the high-rise bridge a year. Okay. It was ready. We went the next year. Now the high-rise bridge is coming out of the river. And we've completed the three phases of 64. Still have 27 miles through New Kent to get to Bottoms Bridge, and we're working on ideas and, and proposals for that now. All right, so where, where are we on uh, casino gaming? What's, what's the latest on that? Well, casinos, we, as you know, we gave the, the, the number of licenses. Um, we should be getting close to one of the ones, I believe, out in southwestern Virginia coming out of the ground. Bristol. Um, yes, sir. Portsmouth and Norfolk are moving along. You know, we've had the discussion about Richmond and Petersburg. We where, consider that where is to be, that now? Well, we considered that to be one license, and oh. Richmond um, voted no. So now there's a bill moving through to give Petersburg the opportunity to do that referendum. Okay. Um, and we are, you know, it, and then there are a lot of competing other gaming things that of interest. And, you know, we've kind of pressed pause on that. We've done a lot in the gaming world in the last five years. It's been extraordinary. That, that it's 20 years ago, we're not talking say, gaming. And when casinos. you were here, these things were hell no. not even a conversation, <laughs> right? It's like, well, who's bringing this bill and why are they doing it? They wouldn't do that. But let's talk about another area of sports, the sure. Stadium Authority Bill. 
Yes. Have you been briefed on that? Andrew? I have not. I don't know. I've, I know what I've read. I haven't yeah. seen a whole lot about that. That hasn't come through my committee of jurisdiction. I'm sorry. I just, I don't you know. Wait for it to get to the floor and then you'll make a decision. Well, I, I just need to study it and look at it a little closer. Sense? Do you have a gut feel like this is something I would support, not support? I think you have, you know, I mean, when you... Dan Snyder has gotten in a bit of trouble recently, and he's been in the news on the negative side with some sexual harassment allegations within the organization, and now they come in for, you know, frankly, a sweetheart deal from the Commonwealth to build a stadium and surrounding business components to it. Um, is that being talked about at all? I have been in almost no conversations. Really? Yeah. It's amazing. And, and the personal and the and the way that organization's run is a topic for many days, right? But as far as the stadium authority and the so stadium, so you, you separate the two out. I I mean I I do. Um, I, I I think I think that needs to be thoroughly investigated, and discussed, and determined. You know, is that organization being run properly? Right. Right. Basic. But when we're talking about a stadium, I would say go up and look at the one they have. To to the to, to well. <clears throat> but I it's also not terribly old. It's okay. We, it's, I got briefed on the bill, and I'm like, that place. It's not terribly. No one old. wants to go there. So what is it? Thirty years old? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're gonna, you know, so how much money do you want to pile into something that at thirty years appears to be obsolete? Well, and on the, the as I was briefed, that the stadium authority is going to be the one that has the stadium as a property. So they're, they're giving that asset to the stadium authority. So in 30 years, do we have to do this all over again? Right. right. I mean, to my way of thinking, no, Mr. Schneider, that's your building. Yeah. You know, you, you take that one from here and don't turn that over to the Commonwealth in 30 years as a, as a, as a relic, as a, as a deteriorating asset. Thinking back to a lot of the work we've done on our roads and our transportation systems, we think a lot longer term. And so mm-hmm. when you think of making an enormous investment for something that has a 30-year shelf life, you know, right. you got to right. think long and hard. Right. So you haven't nothing going. No, on. I, what, I, I what, what is the what is the one issue that's going to hold up the budget this year? Is it the is it the gas tax and the grocery tax? Is that is that the conundrum this year? So there's a there's an enormous wish list out there um, with all the money. Oh, I mean, and and I just so the the veterans tax break a laudable and notable goal. Um, we always talk about attracting retaining our veterans sure. if they leave the military. It's great. The grocery tax, a great campaign discussion. But how much bang for the buck is there really there? Doubling the standard deductions about 1.2 to $4 billion. That's a huge number. So I think the thing that holds it up is my expectation is the House will carry essentially the governor's ask. Sure. And the Senate, who has had, you know, I've always told people that across the board, you'd be very proud of how Virginia puts a budget together. It's conservatively done because don't, we don't, don't disagree. We don't make our own money, so we, you know, we have to. <laughs> we can't. You're right. So we have to determine what we think the pot of money is going to be. But we've so also we had. But the ethos of Virginia has been: we're going to run the place responsibly. We're right. not going to go too heavily into debt and upset the apple cart on the AAA bond rating. That's right. that is a pillar That's of it. government That's in Virginia. A. Has to happen. That's a yeah. So and that, the that forces Finance the hand. committee has been the same. Yeah. Yeah. We switch control. But we have a Republican that chairs a subcommittee. They really don't play that game in no. Senate finance. No. And so I've got a couple of bills there this afternoon I'm going to try to get priority on. Right. But so they are going, you know, they are a team that have worked together for a long time. Right. And so when that team begins to negotiate with what I would assume to be the governor's vehicle, right. that's where we have to decide what breaks do you want to give? What tax efforts do you want to do? You want to double the standard deduction? And, and so that would be, I think, okay. the biggest point of controversy is what we decide to do. 
Right. At the yeah. end of the day, the decision, the decision will be made by March 12th. Grocery tax is a great campaign conversation and amounts to $280 million, divided three ways. Annually. So, I mean, Got it. so it's just... It has to add up. Yeah, it's right. And and the veterans tax break is between 250 and 400 with a conversation about money coming back into the state and jobs and people that stay, you know, so... It, it, it'll be fascinating, and it's going to be. A, it's going to be. A but but I also think there will be a, a. I believe, and I'm a glass half full guy. Right. That that there's that there will be a broad want to make sure that we get a package to the governor's desk. But I think it's extraordinary that we're talking about tax cuts, and everyone's like, "Yeah, we need to cut taxes." Monty Mason, great to have you here on the VIP podcast. Congratulations. You, sir, are now a VIP. Hot dog. Thanks for so having Available me. on uh, Spotify, Apple, and YouTube is the VIP podcast brought to you by VCTA, the Broadband Association of Virginia and Virginia Free. Thanks for joining us.